0: We need a 16-minute warm-up chat, and then you're like, bang, ready for ready for one take. In like Flynn, balls
1: deep. How are you doing, Paul? Uh,
0: yeah, really good, thank you. Um, it's been a very nice week, uh,
1: Manchester United-wise, hasn't it? Very nice week indeed. Um, it's it's a very rare occasion that we get to talk about two victories in a row on this pod, at least over the last three years. At least it feels like it. How many times has that happened? I don't know. It, when was the last time it happened?
0: Uh must have been... September <laughs> When did we last win a league game before
1: this match? Well, Swansea away
0: Oh yeah, there we go But we'd lost in midweek, I think, to Feyenoord or Fenerbahce away
1: Yeah I could be wrong about that, anyway Yeah, so uh, the frozen tundra that was Ukraine Not exactly war-torn eastern Ukraine But uh, uh, still, it was uh, it, it was touch and go for a while Would the game even go ahead? But it did It did, and
0: it's good for Man United that it did. It was very interesting, given we were playing Spurs on Thursday. I mean, you and I talked a lot last week about how much rotation would Fossu Mensah start, Martial, um, Memphis, sorry, uh, Schneidlin. Neither Memphis nor Schneidlin on the plane to Ukraine, uh, which, wow, could they be any more out the door in January? Um, But he played
1: a really strong team in the end. He really did, yeah. It's not as if he was holding Memphis and Schneiderlin back. It's it really odd. <laughs> I mean, you know, I have to say I, I I I was surprised he would play that stronger team. And uh, I mean, clearly apart from Romero and I guess younger right back, any of these players could be starting in game any mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was surprised at that, given there was so little training time before a massive game against Tottenham. I mean, huge United's biggest game of the season, really. Given the context. Um, but yeah, it paid off. Decent decent performance from United, aside from a couple of chances from Zoya. You know, they had the one that Romero saved pretty well, about five minutes in, late save from him as well. United were pretty dominant throughout, I thought. Yeah, the
0: first half United were pretty sloppy. Some of that Everton game carried over in a way it looked a bit like. Um, and and people were very kind of unhappy with the performance, but uh, I was left thinking, well, it's a freezing cold pitch. It's got to be incredibly just physically difficult to make the ball go where you want to go on a pi- Want it to go on a pitch like that. We only needed a draw. We had a massive game coming up on Thursday, so people weren't necessarily at a hundred percent intensity. So I thought that was not particularly surprising. But in the end, it took a, a moment of absolute magic to open that game up.
1: Yeah, and also, look, also, United had 70% of the ball and the pass success rate was, you know, in the late 80s. It's not as if United were that sloppy, um, given the type of game and the pitch and all of that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it was just that in the first half, it was definitely an underwhelming first half of football.
1: yeah. Yeah, no, no, it was, and and it took a moment of genius, or a, you know, a very sloppy crossfield pass. When, when's the last someone, last time someone made a very sloppy crossfield pass, and a United winger danced through the entire team to, in order to score? <laughs> Did have very much shades of Vieira? Um, yeah, so he picked up the ball and beat three players and scored a very, very nice goal. Um, you know, it just kind of makes you wonder exactly why he hasn't been near the team the last few months, doesn't it?
0: It just kind of makes you really appreciate Mourinho's brilliant man management that gets him firing and
1: ready by the time he yeah. comes back in the team. Now, now, sorry. What is it you think <laughs> I will say about that particular form of analysis?
0: Duncan Castle stole stole my phone. Sorry. <laughs> I have seen that line of. I've seen that line. I think
1: it's total bollocks.
0: I mean, I don't think we can possibly say either way for certainty which whether it's true or not.
1: Hey, but what does it matter? This is a podcast with opinions. Yeah, you know, like everyone's got one. My opinion is that's total bollocks. Mourinho has uh, held him back for way too long because he's absolutely brilliant and showing it.
0: Uh, The worst moment of the week from a football perspective, by far was when he was stretched off at Old Trafford and, you know, I'd seen the replay by that point because it was in the press box um, and it didn't look that bad. So I was thinking, OK, he's probably going to get up and he sort of went to get up initially. But then when they stretched him off, you're thinking, oh, no, don't let this be three months or whatever, um, or even worse potentially. But then it turned, it was just, honestly, it was a massive relief when it turned out he's he's... I mean, they're they're saying Boxing Day basically. I mean, Mourinho was a bit um, hedged his bets a little bit, um, but but that was generally the words going around. That
1: it's not going to be a long absence. Yeah, but United will miss him even for two games mm. uh, because he's he's may uh, I mean a little bit in the game of Zoya, particularly against Spurs. He's he is helping United transition into the kind of shape that we thought. That United should be playing this season, right? Looks more like a four-three-three or a four-one-two-three sort of system, um, a bit more dynamic, playing a little bit more on the break, and uh, and and should you know, he should be very effective in that system. There's a casualty. We can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, which is a shame as well because it impacts United's ability to be subtle in the final third when United needs to be subtle in the final third. But um you know he's been he's been very, very good in his few games back into the side mcterrion and and it's gonna be a shame he's out, hopefully just the two games. I think he was man of the match against Zoria and man of the match
0: against um Tottenham in addition to, I think he's been man of the match in four out of his five starts in the last four games. That's like... Yeah, I
1: don't, I don't know who he awards this one. I, I don't know whether I'd... I mean, he was, he was good against Zoya, and he scored a wonder goal, obviously. I mean, I thought Pogba was excellent in the centre and midfield really dictating play and driving forward and stuff and Ibrahimovic had a good game as well. Um the the
0: that was those are all by fan votes on uh United's Twitter that I'm talking about which right. actually I've said I think I must have said this before on the podcast because it's one of my pet theories but those are really insightful a lot of the time <laughs> like they don't they don't fan always votes. get it right but it's amazing how often like I don't know like a right back will have a really good game and win man of the match on that fan vote where well, you wouldn't necessarily expect it to happen but there's a weird yeah. wisdom of crowds thing happening there that you wouldn't necessarily expect it's kind of counterintuitive yeah
1: i'm i'm uh i i i do quite a lot of work in my uh you know my other job the one that pays me money international uh, super spy international super spy using wisdom of crowds as a um as a methodology i'm not sure i buy it when it comes to Twitter, Man United votes. I mean, no, but it's. Uh, I tell you, like, have a have a look back. I mean, uh-huh. I, I
0: agree. Actually, that's and...
1: true. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, uh, you know, the most conspired <laughs> against football team in the history of conspired against football teams.
0: That's a slightly different. That's a slightly different uh, use of crowds. That's mob rather than crowd, isn't
1: it? Mm, um, yeah. Um, for for a while, I used to uh, vote for John O'Shea every week on that one. <laughs>
0: Um, the, uh, is, I, I looked back on, on where we won four games in that Europa League campaign and the mana match in each of those four games was one of the summer signings. Um, and that was both across the fan vote, the uh, TV awarded vote and, uh, who scores metric, which obviously you could argue the merits of but I just thought it was interesting so uh for the fan vote it went Ibrahimovic Pogba Mkhitaryan Mkhitaryan uh for the who scored it went um Ibrahimovic Pogba 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 <laughs> which I thought was really interesting that he was uh it's interesting that you you pick him out against Aria because he really did run the show in that game didn't he uh
1: he did yeah um unlike the actual number 10 he didn't really but you know we all uh I was having a I was having a chat to a friend of mine a United fan today and uh, we were talking about Rooney and how he seems to have you know the the narrative about him was so strong the discussion of the big controversy about him being dropped and now he's just he's just been accepted he's a squad player. Mm. And everyone seems to be accepting it including Rooney which is perfect. It's the perfect outcome because
0: it is, it is. A it, is. Squ- it is a very good outcome. What yeah, a and squad he's a very good squad player, player. Yeah. you
1: know. Yeah, very expensive squad player. Yeah, so. sure,
0: but... but a good, very good one to have. I'd much rather we had him as a very overpriced squad player than uh, an underperforming, you know, linchpin of the team. It's a, it's a much better outcome, isn't it? Uh,
1: yes, agreed, and, you know, uh, what's the worst that can happen with paying him all that money? It will reduce the dividend the Glazers pay to themselves. We didn't talk about the financials last, uh, last time out, did we? Pretty dull. Uh, didn't you didn't you I
0: think I think you touched upon them you, I, I'm sure I've heard you say the word dividend at some point in the last
1: month <laughs> this is just some kind of residual memory cold sweats are coming back <laughs> god he's going to talk about dividends again any
0: minute now he's going to say the word a bit dar and I'm going to start twitching <laughs> how's our a bit dar looking these that days looks pretty healthy nice good I think you know we used to talk about financials a lot but that was when there was a lot to talk about with the financials, wasn't it? it? It was when things were a lot hairier, that's when we used to talk about them more.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, look, they're not hairy at the moment, although uh, I suppose there'll be some bean counters at Old Trafford, somewhat worried about United missing out on the Champions League next season because that would have a significant financial impact. I mean, overall, the the direction of the club from a financial point of view, is very healthy. There's still a tonne of debt, 300x million. Um, Yeah, we did talk about this. Uh, up quite significantly, significantly because of uh, the forex changes. Uh, Glazers announced the special dividend after the Q3 results, which was interesting. So that'll show uh, up in the Q4 results? Yeah, they, but they've been paying themselves dividends anyway. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's dull. Yeah, Uh d- dull
0: money talk. I mean, to be fair, we did transition from Europa League football to money talk, so it's two dull subjects in a row, really. I mean, so Saint-Étienne is the, is the result of all that, which, which considering we didn't top the group, um, although 12 points would have been enough to top six of the 12 groups in the Europa League group stages, fun fact for you there. Um, the, uh, the result of that is that we've got a draw against Saint-Étienne, and I imagine that is a draw that many away fans... Travelling United fans will be delighted, having been to Turkey and Ukraine and 13-hour train journey to Odessa. So going to be a whole lot simpler going to uh, Saint-Étienne, isn't it?
1: Much, much simpler, yeah. 50 kilometres sort of south of Lyon, very easy to get to. Um, and a classic name from the 1970s. And the 1990s, as everyone has joked. That's true. I wasn't going to make that joke. No, I know, because I
0: was... Yeah, I'd heard it already. But, you know, we, you got to do it and, you yeah. know... Something, something, shoegazing, something, something. Um, Yeah, I mean, they were
1: once a huge force in European football, weren't they? Uh, Yeah, indeed. Uh, Do they still play in green? I guess they do. Yes.
0: Um,
1: I I really don't know a lot about St Etienne and I haven't had the uh, time to do some proper research. I guess we will do before we actually play them in the new year. Um, but not doing great in league 1 this season. Zlatan Ibrahimovic has scored more goals against Saint-Étienne than he
0: has against any other team. Apparently, according to a thing I saw on Twitter earlier that I didn't fact-check in any way, shape or form.
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you probably should fact-check things that have been on Twitter. Yeah, uh, not doing
0: that has caused a massive global problem in recent times.
1: <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. massive global problems, they're not true. They're just, They're just made up, aren't they? <laughs> I'm sure there was someone who told me that Zlatan Ibrahimovic has scored 49 goals last season. Nonsense.
0: <laughs> scored again uh, against Zoria. A beautiful goal. What a pass from Pogba. Absolutely exceptional. And uh, Ibrahimovic is going to score a lot of goals this season. Definitely, definitely more than 20. He,
1: he looks like it, doesn't it? Uh, on current form, he'll get more than that. Although he did do that 13 game stint with one goal so I guess that could come back but you know I didn't seem to be set up to create and score plenty of goals at the moment and he's taking them it's kind of odd against Spurs I guess we'll come on to this in more he was he was he wasn't really part of the game was he um but well I what well let's let's just I mean I'm done with Zoria if you're done
0: with Zoria yeah Done forever. I spent the entire game watching Zlatan Ibrahimovic for an article that I was writing because that was my kind of angle on the game. Was I was just going to do a breakdown of everything he did, which was incredibly fascinating. It was a uh, it was a kind of masterclass in off the ball forward play. Like the amount of stuff he did that made a a small but meaningful difference, or could have opened up opportunities, or like the way he uses his energy. Uh, it's remarkable. Like as soon as there's a chance that pressing the ball can make a difference, he's in there going for it. As soon as there's no chance that him running will make any difference, he just stops. Yeah. And like even even the Mkhitaryan goal, which Ibrahimovic's entire contribution was not getting in the way, it was it was really intelligent forward play. Like he made it very clear he wasn't interfering with play until the moment Mkhitaryan. Touch the ball, at which point he started sprinting off, taking a defender with him. Uh, he, he had a load of little good little touches in and around, in and around the box, um, and uh, yeah, there was there was that one shot as well, which I don't know, I, I couldn't really see if he could have should have done better. Uh, the one that Laurie saved at the near post, uh, but yeah, it was it was a, a joy to um, to just
1: to just watch him do not all that much, but do it brilliantly. Right, but what he doesn't do in games like that is actually make runs for his fellow attackers. Um, and, and you know, that's the challenge. So, you know, Mourinho talks about him being brilliant, uh, whether he's scoring goals or not. You know, he's a very strong defender of of Ibrahimovic, and it's not like he defends players just for the sake of it, is it? <laughs> um, I guess we'll come on to yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he talked a lot about Ibra's uh, contribution and quality even when not scoring now he's scoring is important but you know it's just it's just that the, the there is this trade off and and the trade off is that he's not going to make runs into the channels he's not going to help create space anthony martial is you know he he's playing sort of inside left against spurs and he's having to cut back all the time look for support because there aren't any runs into the channel from his number 9 and um you know and and the thing is i, I totally agree with you when there's a sniff of a chance, Ibrahimovic makes the makes the goal right because he's he's going to make that ten yard diagonal run, which basically just flags the pass for a half competent midfielder. He's going to make a uh, you know central midfielder look brilliant. Um, yeah, Paul Pogba's pass for him uh, to score the other day, uh, half of that's about Ibra making the run in the space. You know, so I totally agree. Absolutely brilliant in those sort of attacking third spaces, but. Uh, when United are either playing on the break, as they did a loss against Tottenham, or chasing a game, or you know, need someone to hold the ball up, it's it's not always zebra 's game, you know. And well, he held, he held, he does hold the ball up really.
0: In fact, there was for the Pogba free kick that all happened because he was on his own in the United half and held up the ball until Pogba caught up True. with him, basically. Um, so with his back to goal, he can definitely hold up the ball, no problem. I mean, people just patwang off him when they come near him, don't they? Um, and, and you know, like you say, he, he does make those 10-yard runs. And, and of course, it's a trade-off. Of course, he doesn't have absolutely everything. But there really aren't many players who are as good as him. So, like, the things that he does well, he does so well that the trade-off's worth it, especially especially when you've got Martial on one side of him and Mkhitaryan on the other. Because then he can do wonders on counterattacks because he can just slip them through you know which he's great at as well so i don't know i don't i he definitely didn't look like he was causing a problem his net contribution to that game against spurs looked heftily heftily in the positive column from where i was sat but you know i have big rose tinted spectacles so <laughs> take that for what it's worth but you know yeah
1: and um, but, but this is also united with only 40% possession sure yeah and uh, and and on a number of those breaks it broke down and it's easy, you know. I saw people moaning about Martial. He had to cut inside and made a misplaced pass a few times. That's because he didn't have an option in front of him. But there were also times when Ibra like
0: offered an an option inside to allow Martial to continue the run. You know, uh-huh. um. So like when he drops into, he's kind of you know he's a, he's a nine and a half, isn't he? That's 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 his whole game, and he's very. And in fact, that's one of the reasons this is very sad. But it's almost one of the reasons why you can afford. To uh, make the the matter trade off because some of that nuance and subtlety around the box is provided by
1: Ibrahimovic. Yeah, not really. I mean, you know, he he's not he doesn't do sixty passes a game. No, he's no, not no, going to no. rank in the the highest number of passes in the final third per game. Of course, not. in a big European five, or getting you any of the number of assists and stuff like that. You know, it's like it's 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 not really the right comparison of you know of course he's great with the ball at his feet and uh you know he's super strong he's going to turn and bring players in um it it's just his lack of all-round movement cuz he's 35 uh, it means United play in a certain way. Yeah, but it's a, it's a great, but, it's know, great it, to watch. It, like The way
0: that United play is great to watch. I've got no complaints about that. I mean, compared to... I know it's kind of... Obviously, it's not the benchmark we want to set, but my goodness, compared to the one-all draw at the beginning of last season, or nil-nil maybe it was, uh, against Spurs, like, this was just just light years, light years better in terms of the way United play. Like, there's so much talent and and... And Ibrahimovic is an absolute joy to watch. You know, it's like, so, so that, that makes up for life. And I'm not saying, by the way, that he fully replaces Mata as a, as a, as a standard number 10. I'm saying he does some of that job so that you're, you're not losing mm. the full package. Yeah, not much. I don't think that's true. I think if you look at the number of chances he's created this season, it's difficult to say he doesn't do much chance creation because he's created a lot of chances this season.
1: No, but he's not going to dictate the flow of playing play the final third. So what it, what it means if United are going to set up in this, this kind of 4-3-3 system is they have to give away the ball. You know, it's, it's going to have to be about pace. And then can they find enough space to get Ibrahimovic in the game? Because he's not going to make those runs into the channel. Um, and then there is no one in the centre of the pitch who's going to dictate the play in the same way. It doesn't mean it's a bad way to play, or one way is better than the other, or that this is some binary discussion. I know football fans find this really hard to accept that there might be nuance in a debate, other than, right, oh, he's rubbish. You know, oh, he's wonderful. Um, there's, you know, there's much more to that than this. Um, but there are some big trade-offs. You know, and I saw Gary Neville sort of lauding him and and stuff like that. And Gary Neville is a big fan of sort of, you know, rock and roll football and pace on the break. And he's, he says pace and power beats subtlety every time. And, you know, it's obviously nonsense, right? But, um, you know, and that's Gary Neville's thing. And, and, you know, he can do some of that, but not all of it with Ibrahim in the side and and at the moment this is a fair trade off because he's scoring plenty of goals and that's great and that's great but there are going to be times when we'll make the mistake of trying to play that way in games where we actually need to control it in the final third and that's when you don't that's when you get the one all draw against someone in the bottom third or that's when you give away possession and momentum to a team that's much better than united you know but
0: i wonder of. if well, I think it's probably a mistake to assume that Mourinho isn't going to switch it up in games like that because he's done, uh, he's done plenty to suggest he's prepared to switch things up this season. Um, so I, I wonder whether we wouldn't see Mata back in the side in place of Carrick at, at home against, you know, whoever, like next time when we play West Brom at home or whatever later in the season. Yeah,
1: we'll see. I mean, I'm loath to... Um... Uh, transpose a 1-0 victory against Spurs into the rest of the season because there were five very disappointing draws in a row Well, yeah, but that. they weren't... I mean, um, oh my God, we can't have this argument again, but the, the, at
0: least three of those draws did not happen because United's style of play wasn't conducive to scoring goals. That's like... That is... that The, the number of clear cut chances that we anyway let's we've literally had this discussion so
1: we we literally have not because i've never made that disc that <laughs> <No, argument>.
0: exactly <laughs> that's what i'm saying like it's not it's not that the, the way United are playing was not the problem in those games.
1: No. Um, so United created 19 chances against Zoya and scored twice and 15 against Spurs and scored once. Um, there's still a problem with chance conversion. <laughs>
0: there is, there is. Um, the, uh, the Tottenham game, I mean, was there a United fan in the universe that didn't think that Tottenham were going to equalise at the end of that game? The full-time whistle was like such a blessed relief, I couldn't quite believe it.
1: Uh, uh, Marouane Fellaini came out to warm up about 20 minutes before the end and uh, there were quite a lot of nervous United fans, I'd say, at that point. Wow, we've got to talk about it. Oh, um, we've got to talk about it. He got booed and then clapped, and you know, as is, I mean, but the booing is a surprise because that's not really the United way. The clapping is not a surprise, that is the United way. I'm sure there weren't too many people clapping and we were going, yeah, Marouane, yeah, get him on, he's awesome. Of course not
0: i don't think I don't think there was a single one doing that. I think the, the the guy i was sat next to a guy that had not been to old Trafford before um New York Times journalist and he was asking um if if they were booing Fellaini and I when he went out to warm up and I genuinely couldn't believe that's what was happening so I, I said I didn't know because I was I was looking elsewhere on the pitch at that point I wondered if the referee had done something or something like that uh, but then of course when he came on as a sub because in fact when um, and when he came on as a sub the same thing happened there was there were rapturous applause for I think it was Herrera that came off and then as soon as uh, Fellaini came on the booing started and then and then people were really really cheering loud for him because you know I mean I've seen people say uh, and a few people have messaged me on Twitter and stuff saying like there's a guy messaged me saying he doesn't even understand like in American sports you would always boo a player that's uh, playing so badly um, and you know is reluctant to bang on about a kind of culture of a club and what, what's special about the team or whatever but I can only remember a substitution being booed twice and both times they involved involve Fellaini. Like the last one was CSK in Moscow when he came on for Martial. And that was more about Martial coming off. But outright boos for a player coming on at Old Trafford. It, I mean, do you ever, you've been a lot more than me. Do you ever remember that happening?
1: No, I'm sure there are times I've forgotten, but really not. I mean, I remember the time that the press claimed that United fans had booed Ryan Giggs. And I was, yeah. I was at that game and certain that it hadn't happened yeah. hadn't happened but um you know maybe um no i'm finding it hard to recall times that this is the case and i don't think it's right either i don't you know he's no. a calamity of a footballer yeah. uh, but it's not like he doesn't give a toss he clearly does give a toss mm. he he tries hard he just should never have been signed by United and shouldn't be playing games. It's unbelievable that he's played more than 100 games for United. Mm. Um, and he's been a disaster in, you know, 90 of them or something. Mm. Um, but, I'd yeah, say no. he's
0: been a disaster in 40, extremely average in uh, 50 and good in 10. You yeah. Know, that's about about right. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah. And... and pretty much every United fan looking at him warming up and going, oh, no, don't bring him on. And then, for the love of God, Maran, I know you've only got two minutes when he finally did come on, but just go play up on the wing somewhere so you can <laughs> cause no damage, <laughs> which is what he did, yeah. which was perfect, you know. But don't boo him. He's he's an eye no. player.
0: And, and I've seen people going, "Oh well, what's the difference between booing him and, like, having a go at him on Twitter or whatever? And it's just the world apart. It's a completely different... Uh, thing you're you're in the stadium like you do have a job as a fan in the stadium and that's to support the team it's really straightforward you know um i i think that you know you said things aren't binary earlier i think there's probably a time for fans to show their uh discontent i think the 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 fact that Basically, last season, there was the kind of attack, attack, attack chance. There was the, we're Man United, we want to attack. And only after it became abundantly clear that, that Van Gaal wasn't listening to any of that, that's when people started booing almost out of frustration. And I, even then, I didn't think it was brilliant. But to to single out an individual player for booze in the stadium for a poor performer, well, I mean, for being a calamity, it, it's, it's just... I mean, it really isn't the United way. And, and the reaction of the rest of the crowd, the kind of what I presume are the older heads in the crowd, kind of made it really clear that it's not the United way, didn't it? I mean, so uh, afterwards, um, there's a couple of funny things about that substitution. First of all, uh, immediately beforehand, uh, Rooney, Blint and Mata were all warming up on the touchline together. We only had two subs left. and It was like, oh, brilliant. He's not going to bring Fellaini on. Then he called them back in and sent Bayi and Fellaini out. Then when Mkhitaryan was injured, Bay and Fellaini were right down by the Stretford end. And Mourinho's like waving at them frantically to get one of them to come back. And he kind of does a gesture, meaning like the shorter one of you, the shorter one of you. But he kind of points at himself and says, do you mean me? And Mourinho's like, yes, obviously I mean you. <laughs> it's good. It's good hand gestures. Not, not the tall one is basically the message.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, N- let's not do that again. Uh, the good stuff in the Spurs game... I mean, it was exciting to watch United play on the break. Not the kind of performance you kind of expect from United, I suppose. You know, at home you expect United to boss the game and control it, and um, but very clearly set up to spring into attack down the wings. That worked well. I thought mm. Pogba didn't have the kind of domineering performance he, he that he had in midweek, uh, but was effective. And Herrera was outstanding again. Again. Again, yeah. I mean, every week he looks like a United captain, doesn't he? Um, having to go at the ref, having to go at the opposition yeah. players, putting in tackles all over the pitch—superb. Uh, Phil Jones,
0: I don't like. We've hardly talked about. him. We mentioned he's doing well a few times, but I'm not a superstitious man. But every time I go to start talking about Phil Jones playing well, I'm like, oh, don't want to mention it, don't want to curse it, don't want to break him. It's coming.
1: He's playing well. I mean, he's currently United's most important central defender. Definitely, rojo has been good
0: too, no, like consistently for a good few games against some tough sides. Yeah. So that's like it's that inarguable at this point that he's in a good run of form. Mourinho taking some credit for Jones's uh, fitness, saying, "When was the last time he played six games in a row? He worked with my physio and my medical team that I trust." I'm like, yeah, mm, mm, yeah. I, careful. Look,
1: careful now. I I know, um, A, you're jinx it, yes. Uh B, I'm look, I'm sure there's been lots and lots of brilliant medical attention, you yeah, know, millions spent on the medical department. I, I, I'm I'd very much doubt if somehow uh Mourinho's own man has suddenly fixed Jones, you know. And if he has, uh, someone's gonna
0: be asking some serious questions soon, aren't they? Uh uh-huh um but yeah that's uh it's it's lovely to see him playing well and he's great
1: and it is only six games would you be surprised to hear that he'd like slipped on a mince pie or something (laughs) like that (laughs) that's exactly what's gonna happen now
0: ed and it's gonna be your fault
1: sorry phil sorry (laughs)
0: um other good performances in that Game. Well, um really there weren't there wasn't anyone who wasn't good. Maybe Damian
1: looks a bit ropey at left back. Just um Well he just wants to tuck in all the time and I think it really um, two things are: ri Martial wasn't particularly good and i think the two things that really affected him were one a the conversation we just had about the movement ahead of him uh, and b damian tucking in and Martial was exposed on his own and had to tuck back all the time um and and he was a bit wayward with his passing as a result yeah i mean it's
0: who would have predicted that mateo damian would be united starting left back at this point of the season I mean, he's gotta be like, well, I don't know, fourth choice on most people's lists, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, behind Ma- maybe behind sure. ahead of Rocco. Is he ahead
0: yeah. of Rocco, <laughs> maybe? I don't know. I mean uh, at some point he definitely was uh behind Rocco in the pecking order, wasn't he? But uh it's just it's just really bizarre that in a in a team that's in a club with so many left backs on its books, we're playing a right back at left back.
1: Yeah. Um Cameron Borthwick-Jackson back in January, maybe? Uh, Yeah, probably not. I mean, you know, he's selected to be out uh, on loan for the season. Read his story today that um, Mourinho doesn't
0: want Sam Johnston to go to Wolves because of their treatment of Borthwick-Jackson. Wasn't a story, I just read
1: a tweet. Nice, must be true, because everything on Twitter is definitely true. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, And the whole of the internet.
0: Uh, Angry Jose Jose Mourinho has stopped talking to Manchester United TV Channel's number one commentator. The special one won't do pre- and post-match interviews with MUTV presenter Stuart Gardner following awkward questions about the Reds'
1: recent results. What has Stuart done? Have you asked him about this?
0: I I haven't, but I have uh, asked him to do an interview on the podcast and he said he will, so... um, I don't know how much he'll go into that subject, but I'll at least gently mention it, I guess.
1: Well, it can go two ways, as far as I can tell. One, he's going to give you a very safe PR interview. Yeah. And you're going to probe him and be a bit too nice about it and he's not going to say much about it. Yeah. Two, he's already been sacked, (laughs) in which case it will be absolute podcast gold. (laughs) Or three i mean and this is the rogue answer and i don't think he's going to do this he's just going to spout off uh, and he will get sacked as a result of the podcast
0: i do do not want that to happen i definitely do not want that this is why i could never be an actual journalist because i would just feel awful if something like that that happened
1: um, There's no Rottweiler in there, is there? You, know, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be chasing the Pulitzer Prize, would you?
0: <laughs> I'm just going, press conferences, I get really annoyed when all the journalists ask really newsy questions instead of questions about the football. <laughs> like, that's their job. That's why they're there. They don't want to... Uh, John Cross was there, which made me really want to ask an obscure tactical question because of uh, that tweet that he did the other week uh-huh. saying he hates it when teams play three at the back because journalists try and show off asking tactical questions. I, I, I did not do that in the end. Um, the, the press conference was kind of interesting. It's the first time I've seen Mourinho for ages because the last two times I've been there, uh, Ree Farrier was on press conference duties. Mourinho, definitely better at press conferences than Ree Farrier, <laughs> who does have his own special charms, but uh, it, it was nice to see Mourinho in good fooling uh, after that one. And Pochettino said he thought Tottenham had, had as good chances as United, but United had been more clinical, which I, I,
1: I didn't, that was not my impression of the game. No, not not mine either. I mean, Spurs did create a good number of chances. Definitely, um, not great chances, though. Good number, but not great ones. Yeah, it was yeah. I I, mean, I think Spurs would probably, given the amount of ball that they had, uh, I think they will be disappointed that David de Gea hasn't had a worldie. The the amount of
0: ball they had was an interesting. It's an interesting number because it didn't feel like United were... It wasn't the kind of counter-attacking performance where
1: United are under the cosh, was it? No, 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 no. I think I think United just structured it like that, right? They didn't press high up the field. They were happy to drop back. They let Spurs have a lot of the ball uh, through the you know, two-thirds of the pitch. Um, and, I mean, it was clear at times that... Actually, not everyone was on the same wavelength because some of the players were pressing, and some weren't, which is a total disaster. But they seemed to sort it out after about fifteen minutes or so. Um, but yeah, they just dropped back and let Spurs have the ball. But there was, and then they broke. There were there were moments of like really aggressive up the pitch pressing,
0: like um, and from goal kicks they clearly had instructions. This is the first time I've seen that since the City game where uh, you've got. Martial, Zlatan and Mkhitaryan and Pogba all on the four men nearest to Lloris. So he has to hit it long. So it was really interesting to see Mourinho pull that out again. It's it's a very unusual tactic, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, it's one of the reasons why Lloris was sort of half-considered as a potential uh, option for United uh, and, you know, if De was going, but not really because he's not great with the ball at his feet. Mm, so...
0: It's uh, it's clearly a, a Mourinho tactic in in specific games that
1: um, yeah uh, we didn't cu- talk about um, Pogba's absolute belter of a free kick which smacked oh. off the crossbar that would have been oh. that would have been yeah I, you know I'd have I'd have creamed my pants at that one I, I nearly did anyway
0: the disappointment it hurt it really hurt that one thought that was in really thought that was in. A beautiful, beautifully hit free kick. And he really should be taking them because Latan is not hitting good free kicks this year.
1: No, that's right. Um, what else can we say? Uh, Matteo Damian got absolutely roasted by Moussa Sissoko for the last 20 or 30 minutes, didn't he? Uh, um the uh the Danny Rose
0: got absolutely roasted by the Stretford End, who were really quite so quiet for most of that game. They were just little there was probably like 10 minutes of noise out of the 90, which I mean obviously it's, it can be quiet, at old Trafford, but I wasn't expecting it to be like that for this game. I think it I think it was nerves. I think it was the fact that we haven't won a game for so long. everyone was like a bit nervous about about being overly enthusiastic.
1: yeah. Expecting Spurs to score, you mean. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Mourinho defended Fellaini. He said he has to accept booing from the crowd, particularly the crowd who haven't been getting anything back from the team. And then he said, I mean, in terms of results, I mean, in terms of endeavour, effort, performance, the team couldn't have been giving any more. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. Little, nobody really picked up on that, but I'm
1: pretty sure that was passive aggressive. And then he said, of course, oh, oh, but- what, you, you, Mourinho doing passive aggressive. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's so passive aggressive that he'll repeat the joke just in case you didn't get it. <laughs> Uh, he didn't with this one, which makes you think maybe he was being sincere.
0: Um but then he said Moreno uh Fellaini is a player and a person that I like and more as even more important to me is the person.
1: Um. <laughs> like, damning with faint praise there, yeah, very nice.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um He's a nice yeah. man and a really bad footballer. <laughs> <laughs> but he said he's a as a player
0: he has my trust. I was like, you want to be more careful of your trust, mate, because uh, there's many things Marouane Fellaini deserves from his manager. It was nice to see him publicly support him, I think. I don't think
1: there's anything wrong with that, really. Um, but yeah. So, shall we take some Twitter questions before we go on to preview Crystal Palace and West Brom? Sure. A friend of the show, United says, where are my car keys? We get this question from time to time. I don't know, but surely you should get one. I've got these little, uh, they're not called tiles, but they're light tiles. They're sort of Bluetooth tracker things that are all on all my keys. And they link up with my phone and they will tell me when my phone is out of range of my keys. <laughs> nice.
0: They do it. That's like the old, in the older days, it was that thing that you whistled and it, it made a noise. No,
1: this is all, it's a Bluetooth mesh. <laughs>
0: Nice. So, that means that someone definitely knows where all your keys are at all
1: time. Apple, probably. Yes, Apple does, yes. But, you know, hey, I've given all my personal data away to them anyway. Doesn't seem like anything bad is going to happen on any kind of global
0: scale because of that, does it? Definitely not. (laughs) Um... Uh, seems like this might be Jose Mourinho's first choice eleven. Says at mango underscore carrot. Is it good enough to be able to oust Mata? And who'd you buy to replace Carrick in the long term? I mean, I I still maintain that I think Mata's going to be really important this season, not just in terms of rotation. Wouldn't be at all surprised if he starts at Crystal Palace, for example. Um, well now Makatarin's out, he's obviously going to start, isn't he? But um, I think he'll he'll rotate for Carrick some of the time as well. Um, and I think we've had that Carrick replacement question loads of times. Yeah. And I'm just not sure that exists.
1: No, not a direct Carrick replacement. He was, he was good against Tottenham again. Yeah. Um, i not, the... clearly not stand out in the same way as others were, but I thought he was uh, very effective. Deli Ali had a very quiet game, for example. Um, yeah, there's no obvious replacement. And yes, sometimes Herrera may play a slightly deeper role, and Matty will come in. Uh, it it you know, Mourinho is a pragmatist. It's not necessarily the case that he's going to play 4-3-3 this season. It's a shame, isn't it? We can't find a way of getting Mkhitaryan, Mata, Pogba, Herrera, Martial, Ibrahimovic and Rashford all in the same team. I'd like to see it though, like a 2-3-6 or something.
0: (laughs) Imagine if Jose Mourinho, in the deepest twist of irony,
1: ended up being the manager to bring back 2-3-6. It would be good. There would also be twelve men in the team, so it'd be cheating. But I, you know, I agree. Should definitely go for it. Um,
0: well, twelve men in the team might be the only way you could actually get Mkhitaryan and Mata and all those players in the same team. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't even think it's uh, uh, particularly certainly not more defensive to go to four two three one. Replacing Carrick with Mata is hardly a pragmatic move, is it? It's a it's a pretty attacking move, in fact.
1: No, no, I mean pragmatic in terms of you know playing Dif- teams yeah. for games yeah, and yeah. yeah. He doesn't have a philosophy. No,
0: does he? No. Uh, At Luke underscore Lamo says, can we finally say, can we say with finality that Rashford really isn't a number 11 or just not a Mourinho number 11? No, I don't think anyone ever thought Rashford was a number 11. No, he's not a number 11. He really needs some time up front. He really needs some time through the middle because his confidence is... Going to suffer if he keeps playing out wide for twenty minutes at the end of game. I mean, I I don't think I think rotating him out of the lineup has been very sensible. But I, he's got to start coming on for Ibrahimovic. We've got to start getting three 0 up in games so
1: we can bring off Ibrahimovic and and play Rashford through the middle a bit. Well, and not least because Ibra is thirty five years old, and him playing fifty games this season is not going to happen.
0: I was I was talking to uh, Chris Vokes from Goal. Uh, and he was saying, all season, he can't remember a single time when uh, the opposition central defender has had too much time on the ball because of Ibrahimovic all season. Which, given he's played every minute and he's 35, is absolutely incredible. That's kind of interesting. Um Benny Hudson says, Paul, I see you were sat near Rio yesterday. Can you be certain it wasn't him in his old shirt playing with Phil Jones? I saw him in the stands. He wasn't in two places at once. And Rocco
1: may be many things, but he is not Rio Ferdinand. And You know what? I've never seen Rio hit a 50-yard ball with his left foot. No chance.
0: <laughs> at Sutcliffe says, when driving once, I saw Quinton Fortune do that slow run fast walk thing. Is there a name for it? It's called power walking. There you go. Ne- never, never let it be said, we don't give you anything. Uh, at Badman says, is Phil Jones the most ghetto player at United? I feel like we're the worst possible podcast to uh, ascribe a level of ghetto-ness to the United players.
1: Yeah, not going to do it. Uh,
0: we've had a question from at one Elfara about what other podcasts uh, we
1: listen to. Uh, well, we did a whole bonus uh, content on that. If you're a backer, yep.
0: uh, a couple of episodes ago. If you're not a backer, we'll, uh, Ed you're too f- bad. <laughs> but, yeah, sorry, vetoed. Um, at Nightwink ninety nine says, "Who will get a song first, Jones or Rojo?" <laughs> it's got to be Jones, right? Hasn't he got one? I don't know. Maybe not. He's got a load, but it's all sung by City fans.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, weirdly features heavily
0: in the city repertoire. It
1: really does. I wonder how many songs city fans have a bit about John Stones. <laughs> just wondering. Just, just, just wondering. You know. You know. We Zat you sign
0: John Stones. <laughs> John Stones.
1: That kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a bit too early for Schadenfreude, but my goodness, Guardiola is struggling
1: to do it on a wet Sunday afternoon at Leicester, isn't he? I, I quite enjoyed <laughs> the Leicester City game. Um, It was exactly the kind of game that a Guardiola side loses quite a lot. Uh, Yeah, anyway. And Klopp
0: struggling as well. Maybe we did get the right manager
1: after all. Yeah, I don't know if we have a question about this, but um, are you enjoying the Klopp, Carrius, Neville brothers spat? (laughs) I mean, I, I feel like Klopp, should
0: be doing better material than just, oh, well, you didn't do a very good job as a manager, did
1: you? Which is. No, I know, it's pretty childish, it wasn't is. it? Yeah. It's a you, bit root what, one. It's a, sh- yeah, really, really, really sh comeback. Uh, what he could have gone with
0: is, uh, what were your comments about David De Gea in his early years, Gary? And uh, have a look to see if Neville had ever cast aspersions on the possibility of De Gea being a real United keeper.
1: Yeah, or what do you think about Joe Hart, Gaz? <laughs>
0: Well, quite. Uh, aside from Pogba, it says at Gary1105, underscore do any players in our current squad have the potential to win the Ballon d'Or?
1: No, well, defensive players never do.
0: Yeah, so Eric uh, Baye's ruled out.
1: So Baye and David De Gea are ruled out. Um, yeah, I don't think McTerrin's ever going to be in a Ballon d'Or candidate. I mean, he's a very good player, but. I'm not sure he's that kind of player, big game, you know, all that kind of stuff. Is Martial good enough? Potential. He's, he, well, it's in his contract, isn't it? <laughs> so someone obviously thought it
0: was worth mentioning the Ballon d'Or. Um, the uh, the thing with Mkhitaryan is the other day I was writing about him and I had a sudden flash. Yeah, Mkhitaryan's definitely going to win Premier League Player of the Year at some point before he's done. So we'll see if that comes to But, yeah, I think the fact that he doesn't have an international stage to do it on probably hampers his Ballon d'Or chances, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Although he could do it in an off year when there's no international tournaments. Um, uh, Pogba, obviously he's that time, but it's too late. Um,
1: Did he ever win it? I don't think he did, did he? No. No, he did not. It's just been shared by Ronaldo and Messi for the last 27 years. Of the players
0: who are now seemingly frozen out by Jose Mourinho, asks at Andy United... Uh, who do you think deserves another chance? He says it's Schneiderlin for him. I'm not a hundred percent, a hundred percent convinced with any of our squad that that are frozen out. That any of them really properly deserve it over the players that are playing. All right,
1: especially if you can't say a hundred percent properly.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, are we going to pick on who has difficulty saying words properly, are oh, we, Hold on, let me just go to the archives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. All the archives say is beep, beep. beep. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not
0: sure any of them do. I mean, unless you count Fossi Mensa, but I, I think he's not really frozen out. He's just,
1: you know, fringe player, young, and uh, yeah, not considered ready. Uh, stories doing the rounds this week that uh, Mourinho um, is insisting on buying the finished product and not uh, young kids. Well, who to thank? It? I mean, actually, though, if you
0: look at our squad balance, that's exactly right, isn't it? We don't need any more young up-and-coming stars. We, you know, if the team needs anything, it's got. There's plenty of young players to work with, isn't there? There's, there's plenty of long tail on a lot of the type talent he's bought.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, if you look at the starting eleven against Spurs, it's only really Martial who's a, a young gun. Uh, isn't it? I mean, does Pogba count when he's a ninety million pound player? I'm, I'm not sure about. <laughs> yeah, that.
0: He's, he, in terms of like age and longevity, he, he kind of does, doesn't he? Eric Bi obviously didn't start, but came on. Phil Jones is hardly old by now. Was he twenty five? Um, uh, but yeah, and there's Rashford and Fosu-Mensah and uh, Cameron Borthwick-Jackson to come back and take the left wing's left left back spot. Uh, my favourite round cast question for ages at J McKeown Esquire. Uh, after the Spurs game, just tweeted at us, Barclays, question mark, hashtag rankcast. I think what he meant is, is the league on at this point now? <laughs> um, Mourinho said three points behind Tottenham is a lot better than nine points behind Tottenham. Hard
1: to disagree with that logic, isn't it? I don't know where he got that one from. <laughs> what a ridiculous statement. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, United right back in it now. Uh, just six points behind City in fourth. Uh, obviously, golf difference is... Not quite as good, but uh, it's now looking much less desperate, all, all on the basis of um, City losing and United beating Spurs. You know, it's a good turnaround. It's why that Everton game was so frustrating, wasn't it? Because of the, of the way other results went and stuff, anyway. But, uh, you know, if United had lost and been nine points behind Spurs and, and City had won and and uh, it was you know, 11, 12 points to the Champions League, you pretty much could have written it off. Mm. Now the feeling is very different. I had, I had was actually looking at the fixtures. So uh, Palace, West Brom, Sunderland, Borough. Come on, four victories out of four before the end of the year. There's no it's, way. It's got to be on. It's got to be. I know you're saying it's no way, but it's got to be on. United have got to be thinking, yes. And then it's West Ham who are in a... Bit of disarray at the moment, and obviously playing at the Olympic Stadium, the fans will be fighting. Is that in the uh, No,
0: it's not, that's in the
1: league. Yeah, yeah it's league. Yeah. That's in the league. Uh, a bunch of cup games in here, you know, obviously Reading game in the FA Cup and two against Hull in the in the uh, EFL Cup, Milk Cup, as proper (laughs) fans call it. Um, And then there's the Liverpool game in Stoke before the end of January. So, you know, the Liverpool game at Old Trafford, obviously that's the big one there. But there's there's a hell of a lot of winnable games before the end of January. It's a big chance for United to push forward. I'll be absolutely shocked if we win four games in a row from here, though.
0: Considering, like, I mean, we were good against Zoria, we were good against Tottenham, but we were really average in that first half, especially against Everton. No, the second half against Everton. Um, and and we've, we had that Chelsea game, that Watford game earlier in the season. Maybe that's long enough ago that you could say those performances are out of the system, but we've had the away performances in Europe. There's just... There's weird flat performances in this side when you don't expect it. Now, if... yeah, there
1: are. I mean, um, Palace are a mess. Yeah, right? that, they're, but... they're, they're not playing well. That, that it's the kind of game United have got to win. West Brom are playing well, but they do ship goals at home.
0: Uh, do they? Yeah. Okay. You wouldn't expect that from Pew-less, a Pewless side, would you?
1: West Brom. I guess you'd say United go away with a draw. It's not a disaster. But. Come on, got to be the other three, got to. So when, when are you basing West Brom um, shipping goals at home on? Well, they've conceded 10 at home. I, I looked it up the other day. Right,
0: that's that, that's quite a lot, I suppose. But I wonder whether... I, my
1: my understanding of West
0: Brom is definitely that their form has, has had a dramatic upturn. So they conceded yeah. four against City yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. of October.
1: Yeah, which will have added to it, yeah.
0: Yeah, but since then... Their home games were a four-nil win over Burnley, a three-one win over Watford. Um, they're, like, they drew one-all with Spurs at home. They beat West Ham four-two at home. Uh, so their home results are—I don't know. There's a couple of outliers in there, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure them shipping goals is quite the—is not the recent story anyway. I'm looking for positives here,
1: <laughs> man. You're such a Debbie Downer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, a Palace, talk about being a Debbie Danny. you're right, of course, Palace are a complete mess, but they haven't stopped scoring.
1: Like, yeah, and Wolf Sahar is playing very well at the moment. He's, uh, is he, uh, where, where, what's he been called up for, Nigeria? No, Ivory Coast, Ivory Coast. Which is, which is big, um, isn't it?
0: That's like, he could do it a lot. Yeah, though. yeah,
1: and you know, I know he's played a couple of times for England, but he, I'd say he's well within his rights, mm. uh, given how England dumped him very quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um... And, uh, plus, he's just well within his rights generally, isn't he? Like, he's allowed to do that, so why not? Um, and, yeah, he, he's playing great. He scored a lovely goal at the weekend. Uh, I've got a Palace-supporting friend who just absolutely loves Wolf Zaha. And uh, you can see why, because he's, he's a ton of fun to watch. And, and there's a lot of end product this season. I've got him in my uh, my draft fantasy team. Um, and he's uh, he's keeping me in it at the moment. He's keeping me in my league, so... Big up, Will Sahar, but not this Wednesday. Um, But we're likely to need to score more than one goal, that's for sure, this Wednesday. I I think it's extremely unlikely that we'll win this 1-1-0. Yeah, I
1: guess so. Um, There have been some high-scoring Palace games, Mm. haven't there? So I guess he's going
0: to... Mkhitaryan's out, so do we see the same starting eleven as against Tottenham, but just with Mata in on the right-hand side? then you really are starting to talk about Martial not having any options ahead of him, aren't you?
1: Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see about that. I mean, it could be that he, um, in a way game, he'd like to bring Lingard back into the team. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. And he may want to make a few more changes because there's been a lot of games and we're coming up into the Christmas period. So it might be that Martial rotates out too um, and, uh, and potentially also Carrick rotates out.
0: I mean, if you rotate out Martial, I suppose you're just talking about then Rashford and Lingard on either side of Ibrahimovic matter ahead of Pogba and Herrera. Say, that's, yeah,
1: yeah, that would that wouldn't be a surprise to see. I- I'll be nervous
0: if that's the team. I tell you, because cause Rashford in the form that he's in, which is which is obviously troubling, and Lingard. You know, I'm a big fan of Lingards, but the, but the the quality drop. From Mkhitaryan to Lingard is real, and that's a that is a real drop in quality. Um, So, yeah, I I I would be I'd be concerned about us if that if that's not not even necessarily so much getting a result, but just like what kind of game it will be if if that's the team.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's not going to be five four, is it? No. I mean, I I just yeah, United are pretty solid at the back. Yeah, yeah, Um, and and should we be you know terribly worried just because Palace have scored three three and Four in the last three games. I'm not sure. I'm going to say we should be a little bit
0: concerned. <laughs> like, we should not rule out the possibility of them scoring goals, certainly. Yeah, um, they, they shipped three against Hull. <laughs> and five against Swansea. Okay. All right, you've talked me into it. I think we're going to win. Uh, after that, we take on West Brom away. And I think that's going to be a really difficult game. That is my, that is my official take on that um, it's partly influenced by the last time uh, we played West Brom, and it was just maybe it might not have been the last time, but that that game where the Chris Brunt free kick, oh yeah, horrible game that was. Um, they became a weird bogey side to us under Louis van Gaal. West Brom
1: did, yeah. Many sides became bogey side. I mean, they got absolutely smashed by City a few weeks ago, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah, and they lost to Chelsea can't remember all their... I I can't say I'm Big Baggy's follower, you know. Why would you be? Um, But, uh, hmm. Are they not overachieving this season? (laughs) Oh, yeah, but it's Pulis, isn't it? That's what he does. They've got Pulis and Darren
0: Fletcher in the same squad. There's some serious overachievement baked into the DNA of that that team at the moment. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, I wonder if Pulis will be absolutely fuming from his mega-fine, mega-like... L- lawsuit loss. £3.7
1: million. Pounds. That's got to hurt. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't have a spare £3.7 million pounds lying around. Oh, it's,
0: got, it's got to sting. I haven't and you haven't, but I bet you Tony Bulis has because he saved a lot of money on expensive headwear over the
1: years by... He, and, you know, he looks like the guy who'd like a bung or two. I'm just saying... I'm not saying he does <gasps> take a bung or two. I'm just saying he looks like one of them. What? <laughs> That's worse! (laughs) First Amendment, uh, do we have that here? No. (laughs) Oops. They're not going to have it there anymore for much longer, are they? (laughs) Anyway. For the purposes of not being sued, that was a joke. (laughs) Do not take me seriously.
0: Okay, because he needs the dough, so he might come after you. That's all I'm saying.
1: Um, Right, so let's do predictions, shall we? Uh, I think United are going to win at Palace. Okay. Let's say 2 1. Okay. And I think we're going to win at West Brom as well. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win at West Brom. You see, that's how confident I am.
0: Two away wins on the bounce. There's no way I'm predicting Man United to win, having just won two on the bounce, to win another two away games on the bounce. What
1: well, is wrong? I, we're going to have to rename this show to, like, you know,
0: Doomcast. Or something. <laughs> it's just the last... I mean... I, Surely we've learned something from the last few years. This is not even like the last few years, but this season, winning four and abouts would be extraordinary. Um, I'm going to go for a 3 2 win over Palace um, and a 1 all draw at the Hawthorns. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. Obviously,
1: well, yeah, me too. And uh, I guess we'll squeeze in a podcast shortly after the the West Brom game. There's a lot of games coming up after this, aren't is Isn't there? There's um, there is the Boxing Day game after that. The Moisseyev returning to Old Trafford <laughs> to skewer Sunderland's <laughs> Ooh, famous now, win.
0: Now there's someone you can boo Old Trafford, oh, and God, I yeah. have a problem with it.
1: <laughs> wow, I'm sure he'll get polite applause. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I mean, you could could boo Louis Van Gaal if he came back to Old Trafford and he still still wouldn't get it. But I don't, why would anyone want to boo Louis Van Gaal? Like, No, he's a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. It's like booing a puppy. And then Borough and then there's the Cup game and then West Ham or is it the other way around? Tons, tons of football coming up.
0: I think it's West Ham first and then Reading, but yeah. Yeah, it's going to be an action-packed a few weeks and it could be absolutely instrumental in the United season, couldn't it? By the end of January, you might be third in the league in the final of uh, the EFL uh, and still in the FA Cup, you know, could happen. Uh, Let's hope so. Yeah. All right. Uh, And we'll speak to you next week. Uh, Patreon, stay tuned. We've got more coming up for you. Um, If you want a bit more RankCast content, head over to patreon.com slash RankCast. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks a lot.